Yes. Oh. Nice. Yeah, this is sounding a bit more clearer. Better. I like it. I like it. So far, anyway. Yeah, I don't even. I don't know why I'm putting this to the microphone. I don't even need a microphone. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I don't even know why I'm using a microphone. Hold on. <laughs> Just got it there for display, bro. You know, this phone, the problem with this phone is, is that um, mm. there's no, the headphone jack is messed up. All right. Uh, that's the end problem. So anyway, so everyone who's wondering what our chat is about, Freedom by yes. Podcast. Um, my, I'm Adam and I've got Goha mm-hmm. on the other line. Yep. Yeah, so uh, we've had great trouble with technology, but eight months later, we're finally here and uh, still using the same technology, but some for some reason, it seems better. Um, yeah, so uh, it's been an interesting eight months um, and uh, one of enlightenment and self-discovery, I must say. Um, nice. But, um, I think today's subject is, is quite... Uh, Quite a, a, an interesting and very relevant subject. Go for it, Goha. Okay. Well, today's subject is called reality over image. Ooh. <laughs> you know when you say that, you know what I think of. Go on. Straight away, Instagram. Nice. Nice. And why do you this think whole of conversation feels like deja vu, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of it. And why do you think of Instagram? Well, hmm, let me think. Now, because uh, Instagram is is full of, I mean, the perception that Instagram has is that there's this wonderful lifestyle that people are leading. There's a a picture that's captured in a moment in time can be quite false, you know, in terms of what's presenting. It's like, you know, mm. when you see a prospective partner and you look at a picture and the picture can be quite deceiving because it yeah. doesn't tell you the flaws um, exactly. of the person. So, you know, people's lives are very different from a 2D version of what's happening, you know, on a screen. Mm. Instagram personifies what you've said. It's the epitome of what you're saying of this subject. Wow. Wow. That's it, man. That's it. I think I think you you really got the got the theme of where this is going. Um, so yeah, it's it's all about the real versus the fake, the substance yeah, exactly. versus the shell, the inner versus the outer, the unseen versus the seen. Do you know what I mean? This is uh, this is this is where we're going with this. This is where we're going with this. So, right. I mean, let's start talking about beyond the surface, right? So you yeah. got the surface, you got the surface, yeah. and the yeah. surface is the first thing that everybody sees. It's the first thing that we all kind of think, see. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that's what it is. We always see the outer things first. And yeah. um, we kind of have, if the outer is attractive in whatever way, then we're kind of drawn towards it 
but just an an attractive outer surface surface doesn't mean a deep substance doesn't mean a nourishing uh substance behind it do you know what i mean it's mm. like um it's like that saying never judge a book by its cover you may have a you know colorful cover do you know what i mean looks like yo this could be nice but then dabble into the book and the substance and you're just like oh this is kind of dry the best thing about yeah. it was the cover the best thing about it was the surface Ah. But uh, do you know what I'm saying? But you know, even ourselves, man, as human beings, like how much are we just our surface, just our external appearance? Do you know what I mean? And how much more there is buried inside us other than our external experience, um, appearance? So, I mean, the Instagram analogy was a good one because that is all external appearances by and large obviously there's a you know you get deep stuff on instagram as well but the first thing you notice i mean the first thing i noticed when i went on it was an explosion of images man yeah you know when you first first busted it first registered on it got your things going on like that was just like images coming at you bro i joined instagram in 2014 that's when i first joined instagram um someone introduced me to it and said yeah yeah this is gram man gram that's how they pronounce and that's when the icon was a, a a camera back then like a proper one of those old old school cameras mm. um and i had a blackberry obviously so blackberry had a gram igram it was called on blackberry and right. so i downloaded and i didn't know what i was doing to be honest i was posting really silly pictures up of like I don't know. I didn't know what the purpose was. I didn't know that there was aesthetics involved. I didn't know. I thought it was just like, you know, post anything up, whatever. Yeah. Mm. Um, as I got to learn about Instagram, there's an entire industry around Instagram. Um, right. Right. So the way we, we, we perceive the world is more fluid than the binaries of fact and fiction, right? Mm. So, you know, throughout the day, like, we're confronted with, like, continuous feeds of images language and experiences some you know some ver- verifiable and some invented and many yeah. are in between yeah. many are in between right mm. so the, the difference between like the author and the reader has just increased into abstraction totally do you know what I mean right 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 yeah? yes. individual level many of us select representations of our lives on social media yeah mm. so like you know creating what we want to enforce as an image of ourselves to friends and colleagues and strangers do you mean yeah perhaps, most importantly to ourselves yeah that's the deep one so on a larger scale history functions as a <laughs> as a filter that <laughs> represents a single image it's Whoa. like a limited and uh, uh, like a, a, a re- reduced version of our shaped past. Mm. Mm. Wow, that's a deep one, man. Could you just repeat that, just to emphasize that again? That okay. sentence or something. Which one? The last one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, just, just, just the last <laughs> sentence you said. 
So, on a, so basically, on a larger scale, is that what you're talking about? On a larger scale, history functions as a filter that presents a single a single image. Yeah, normally, right? Okay. And reduced version of our shaped past. It's basically mm. reduced and uh, a reduced and limited version of our shaped past. Yeah, that's that filter. Right. It's quite so, interesting. Man. It's very interesting. So it gets rid of a lot of the depths that was contained in it, and it gives you that kind of um, through the filter that kind of just image of, of what it was. But it, but a lot of the other details are kind of allowed in a way. They kind of let go. Let, let's take for the instance, yeah. Look, let's take the word post-truth, yeah. It was mm. declared in the Oxford Dictionary, yeah, 2016, yeah. Mm. So um, uh, it was the word of the year, apparently, post-truth. Post-truth. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, it was the word of the year in 2016, international word of the year, right? So wow. consider, like, you know, the recent election that's taken place, yeah. People in other parts of the globe outside the United States, right, were like, um, uh, there's loads, thousands of fake pro-Trump articles, news articles, thousands wow. of them, um, which are shared millions and millions of times, yeah, shaping people's beliefs and imageries, um, and these things were like taking flight at the time, you know, just as the election was taking place, yeah, and, mm. um, the feeling of truth, our desire for something to be true, and our belief in in an image, what we want to be true has totally eclipsed the idea of truth itself. Yeah. Mm. So reality with its complexities, contradictions and challenges limps the back of that of, of the class totally, drooping its head, like literally bowing its head down. Right? Wow. Just waiting for dance cap to come on it it's lost its significance totally right right wow interesting interesting yeah no i see i see where you're going with that i see where you're going we're getting a deeper historical kind of truth level man that's uh yeah yeah that's a very very important point right there so, i mean look at this yeah look at this let me give you an example right the most basic of functions, the toilet, yeah? You walk into a toilet and you see, like, uh, a, a, you know, an icon indicating two defining genders, yeah? Male and female, yeah? You're not sitting right. on one right now, are you? <laughs> <laughs> if I've got commode in my office, man, then boy. <laughs> Come to think of it, you're in a toilet, right? Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> so, okay, like, nah, nah. let's roll with huh? this let's roll with let's roll with this okay so the toilet yeah the icon i got toilet you rolling. look at the toilet roll roll with it hey hey look at that oh fun. nice 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 <laughs> i like it i like it we can get deep with that but uh, let's, let's continue getting deep hey you know what i mean hey deep anyway <laughs> um so it is so basically that that image is loaded with ammunition specifically in the in the north part of America, North Carolina, yeah, state of, uh, sorry, state of North Carolina, it's loaded with ammunition. I'll tell you why, yeah. There's a legislation that's been put, that was passed, yeah, to ensure transgendered people used only the bathroom corresponding to the gender of their birth certificate. Right. Yeah. So let me repeat that again. It's quite a bit of information, yeah. So 
North Carolina, state of North Carolina in America, yeah? Mm. There was a legislation passed to ensure that transgendered people only use the bathroom corresponding to the gender on their birth certificate. Yeah? So, wait for the point. I'm coming to the point in a bit. Yeah, Did you get that, Goha, yeah? I got that loud and clear. Yeah, okay. So, the idea that someone's defined as a male by the authorities now identifies as a female has caused outrage. Yeah? I'm coming to the point in a bit. Just bear no, with no, me. I, I can see where, the, where this may be going as well. But yeah, carry on. The arguments were made, yeah? And, like, basically arguments were made and they were, like, you know, people stuck to their guns here, yeah? One being that male paedophiles dressed up as women and literally would assault, you know, women. Yeah? That was one. Yeah? And it happened. Yeah? Wow. But reality contradicts the image of its predators. Yeah, mm. it totally contradicts. It. So, the, the 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 there was a what was it called, man? The the National Center for Transgender Equality Human Rights Campaign. Yeah, an American Civil Liberties Union. Right. Mm. There's no statistical evidence of this at all of this type of violence. Nothing. You're chatting rubbish. There's been no paedophiles or some, you know, mass rapists coming up dressing as women into the toilets. No one. We we mm. chat about. Yeah. Mm. So, however, conflict between how we see a person in front of us and the visual deception, sorry, the visual depiction of how the person should look is so powerful. You get that? Wow. Let me repeat yeah, that yeah. again. Yeah, repeat the it conflict, just for the. The conflict between how we see a person in front of us and the visual depiction of how that person should look is so powerful. It yeah. can lead to chaos and in some cases even death. It's a conflict of intolerance. Wow. So check this now, yeah? This is my last point, yeah? So a defining theme of Trump's previous 2016 election yeah right? mm. <laughs> that no when that comes up right? that's jokes yeah? okay the finding thing of trump's last election right check this yeah when Was you say last fear... election do you mean this one just now or the previous no, one 2016 one that went yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 2016 yeah yeah fear of muslims he just literally pumped into that campaign right yeah so their implicit ties to terrorism and safety of our country. That's what he's talking about, yeah? Mm. Yeah? There's about 1.6 billion odd Muslims in the world and 23, uh, 20% of the human population, which is about 22% of the human population, yeah? Mm. So that's how much Muslim constitutes in the world, yeah? Fewer, fewer than about 100,000 people um, uh were fighting jihadist causes fewer mm. yeah mm. so it figures that constitute and i'm coming to that in in figures that constitutes to 0.00625% of the muslim population wow yeah like a 0.00625% of the muslim population that's 100,000 people who are fighting for jihadist causes so to understand that incomprehensible small figure, 
multiply it by a thousand, and it's still only 0.62%. Yeah? Wow. The chances that America will die as a result of terrorism activities, probably one in 20 million. Yeah? I'm getting to the point in a bit, just bear with me. No, yeah? it's all good. about image and reality, yeah? Because it's deep. I'm getting deep. Do you understand? Yeah, I know yeah? you're getting deep. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I'm getting yeah. deep. So the same statistical percentage that you will die by being crushed by your sofa. Wow. Check that, yeah? Now check this, yeah? This is... <laughs> can you imagine, yeah? The statistics align of a Muslim blown up whatever and you dying of a terrorist attack is the same as you being crushed by your sofa. Wow. Yeah? Despite all this exceedingly slow statistics, yeah, we are saturated by images of fear, of of violence and and so forth, yeah. It plays such an effective part of how our minds innately respond to threat. Yes. Yeah? The imagery of violence not only produces stronger emotions in our minds, but dominates the news. Yeah. And therefore, our conscious and our subconscious, it literally sticks in our head. Yeah. So when people like, I remember my friend went into a pub once yeah, years ago. Yeah. Mm. And the guy in the pub in some middle of nowhere in, in, in you know, in, in rural England, like, I've only seen your type on TV. What are you doing here? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So this all falls into like what the psychologist, like, um, what's his name, man? I've written it down. Daniel Kahneman. That's K A H N E M A N. Daniel Kahneman. Yeah. Okay. Calls an availability cascade. Availability cascade. Yeah. That that's a process of belief formed by both of ease of an image coming to mind and the volume of availability. So you could be bombarded with images wow. and next thing you know, that, that's your mindset. Yeah? Wow. So no matter what... So, so check this, yeah? When information and imagery is repeated over and over again and you're bombarded with image after image after image after image, no matter what the consequence or degree of danger it poses, it becomes the most real and most urgent truth. There we so go. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So we're likely to die from something much less dramatic and vivid in our minds. Heart disease, a condition caused by thousands of decisions, genetics and history. Yeah. But there's no immediate image that's a real threat. Nothing. This is it. What? What if like fun? Like you know things like I don't know. Statistically speaking, a most likely culprit of death is like a sofa crushing you. Wow. Yeah. The discussions of banning Muslims or from entering a country because of their suggested capacity of terrorism and, you know, conversations of banning sofas due to analog, you know, uh, <laughs> due to silly, like, um, Statements they both have the capacity to kill us, according to all these images. And da, 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 da. do you understand the stupidity 
of images and I'm I'm going deep into it, yeah. No, but, I like it, like, man. I like it. This is this is what that, we're trying to say. Yeah, so like think of Apple, right? And Google allowing us allowing for evolution based on clients, yeah? Mm. Uh audience and even designers, yeah, because like you know, uh Latter-day Saint churches in America don't sell corporate products, yeah. Hmm. A cultural example is uh, could be like a, a, a it could be a greater impact. Um, the rainbow flag, for instance, yeah, yeah. Flag has a visual history. Uh, it's, it's visual history documents how things have changed over time. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay. You know, accepting understanding of LGBT community has changed, like literally. Going back 20, 50 years, or sorry, 20 years, even 10 years, wouldn't have been heard of. No way. Wow. No way. You know, um, now they're doing the flag of the White House. Never have done that before. Things and images, when it's constantly bombarded in front of people, it becomes a sight. That's right. a, A picture of a war, um, you know, famine, we see famine, right? We saw pictures of famine create the psyche in us. Africans, oh, poor, everyone's dying, everyone's da-da-da. But yeah, the reality is something yeah, different. Yeah. People, I don't know if you saw that thing that went around viral. There were images taken from two different, two different angles. Oh, that was it. When the social distancing were in the mosques, the, there were images taken of people praying from two different angles. So the media portrayed one angle saying, oh, look, they're not social distancing. But when the uh, 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 another angle came, they were actually mm-hmm. social distancing. They were two wow. meters apart. So, okay. like, image is such a huge part in manipulation of the mind. Yeah, mm. our imaginations are literally born from our past, our presence, and our hopes, our desires, our heartbreaks, creating unique vantage points. Yeah, each of us, each of us. We bring uh, this landscape, like each of us brings this landscape of um, our lives and how we perceive the world. It's like, that's what we bring forward. How our mind interprets everything. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, wow. That's, that's what I'm taking. Sorry, I've talked too much. <laughs> Sorry, go no, on. no, no. But you, yeah, no, that's cool, man. You made some, some big, big points. Like, you know, first of all, just from what you just said, we've seen the power of images. Do you know what I mean? That's how powerful images are, that they can go to that level, create the truth for you. Like you were saying, if you're bombarded with so many images about certain things, that becomes the truth for you based on on those. So there's such a power in them that they can be manipulated for wrong purposes. So, you know, you were talking about the religion as well, you touched on it. Like in Islam, for instance, yeah, it doesn't have the best public image. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? When people, rightly or wrongly, whatever, but when they think of Islam, they think of certain things. And it's the images that they're bombarded with day in, day out, week in, week out. And do you know what I mean? But anyone who actually goes beyond the surface, as, as we've said, and goes beyond the images and actually picks up, um, you know, authentic Islamic literature and reads about it and it has, even has conversations with Muslims who are practicing, then they'll realize the reality of what it really is. Do you know what I'm saying? And 
that's where the truth lies. The truth lies beyond the image. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you remember that film? Um, classic film, Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was like a huge film in in his day. One of Bruce Lee's biggest films. I think one of his big um, first ones that you see, where you know, an American audience and and all of that, where it just got like a big big ratings. But right at the end, when he's fighting the villain, yeah, yeah he's fighting the villain. Uh, he's reminded, like his sensei said something at the beginning of the film, and then he, he's repeated at the end. He goes, uh, "The enemy lies behind images." Destroy the image, and you destroy the em- enemy. Ooh. And yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like that's what it is. People, even like I was reading the other day, like you know the Ku Klux Klan. Mm. Like back in the days when they were really feared, like you know they were like really feared in the you know before the civil rights and all of that. Mm. Like they had a huge like thing about them, like a. Like a really, really fear factor about them, and um, what was part of the fear factor was they they had a kind of mysterious kind of vibe about them. You know, they obviously had the hoods and everything like that. There was there was a thing about them that was kind of mysterious and unknown, and that was an image they portrayed because it would make people fear them because they weren't sure what they were dealing with. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, so they had these external images. Everyone's seen with the hoods. You're not sure who's under the hoods. You're not sure what's going on. All these kind of rituals that they do. There was a shroud of mystery around there, and that mystery created the fear. And this was the image they were portraying. But then somebody went and uh, he tried to uncover, like you know, what was behind it all. And uh, eventually, he create he convinced somebody to make. Um, Superman or something like this series about him, some I think it's Superman or someone, some kind of superhero tackling the Ku Klux Klan in a fictional tale. Do you know what I'm saying? But via the fictional tale, he he done his own research, and he was uncovering a lot of the tricks that the KKK use. And once they got familiar with the, you know, where they were said, oh, that's what they do. And stuff like that, which which this kind of series portrayed, and they took away their image of that mysterious vibe they had to them, and hence took away their fear factor. Mm. And people would now they you know they they kind of their awe of the KKK kind of decreased as a result because they were putting them out there. Do you know what I mean? Their fear of them kind of decreased because they were putting the reality of them out there. What really goes on? What happens when they take off their hoods? When they just chilling with each other? What are their kind of secret codes and stuff like that that they kind of make up to scare people? And when they found all of that, they were just like, "Yo, oh, this is the realness about them." And they kind of their membership started declining. People had less fear of them. So this is the thing. They went beyond the surface of what they were portraying, beyond the image, and they saw the reality. So. That's it, man. So it's like, like once you see the reality. So like this is ahead. this is a mic drop, yeah. Check this here. So I'm, you know, there's something I'm gonna refer to. You know, history is a great teacher, yeah. Um, history is oh, a yeah, great yeah. teacher, and we can perhaps you can perhaps people want to take what they want from this, yeah. Um, there's a lot of conspiracy mm. theories flying around, 
those who can read between yeah. the lines can read between the lines of what I'm about to say. Yeah. So mm. on November the 17th, right, 1989, yeah, there was a revolution that took place. It was formerly uh, known as Czechoslovakia, yeah? The state yeah. of Czechoslovakia. Yeah, they began a move they began a movement. They began a movement to like overthrow the government, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It was referred to as the Velvet Revolution, yeah, and I'll come to why it was called that. Yeah, right. So basically, passive resistance, hundreds of thousands of people lending a forty-one-year communist rule in the country, right? I've um, heard of that Velvet thing. Yeah, so the yeah, Velvet Revolution, ahead. yeah. So it began with a student march, attracting about fifteen thousand people odd. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, but word spread quickly about. A death of a particular student, Martin Schmid. Yeah, I don't wow. know if I pronounced that right. Martin Schmid. Yeah, Schmid. Uh, yeah. Basically, okay, you're, this try, guy, you're trying to do a bit more German on the Schmid. Uh, Schmid. Yeah, I Schmid. Schmid. Yeah? Um, no offense yeah. to any Germans out there. Yeah. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, so this guy was apparently killed during a march at the hands of the police. Apparently, yeah. And mm. multiplied from then on, yeah. More than five hundred thousand people across the country came out, support and recognize one another, you know, through jingling keys. Yeah, jingling keys in the air. You know, back in the day, you know, it was the nineties, it would have been lighters, two thousand would have been your mobile phones. Back then it was jingling your keys, yeah, in nineteen eighty-nine. Yeah. So you can imagine wow. the loud jingling, jingling, jingling in the keys, yeah. Meaning both locking yeah. the doors and farewell to the communists. Yeah, that was the symbolism behind jingling the keys. Yeah, um, right. Okay. So a week later, the entire top leadership of the communist party resigned. Yeah, they left. Yeah, but what people didn't know was, or could not even accept, that this Smith guy, Martin Smith, did not even die. He was not even killed at the hands of the police force. As a matter of fact, he didn't exist. Yeah, hmm. there is no record of a Martin Smith. Both his death and his life were pure fiction that saturated the country, fueling their cause. Hmm. The image of his death wow. to this day lives on. Yeah, beginning and ending entirely in our uh, beginning and ending entirely in our imagination. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and yet. Crazy. One of the largest peaceful transfers in power of power in history. Yeah. Mm. That one thing contributed to the largest peaceful transfer of power in history. Yeah. So, like right. I for our imaginations are born from our past and presence and our hopes and desires, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're entering an era where, you know, there's a promise to make America great again. I'm touching on this on this recent election thing, yeah? You know, phrase yeah. set our imagination free and, you know, images of, of a preferred life, yeah? It's like taking you into the future and make America great again, yeah? For a better life yeah. and all this, yeah? The one thing we all have in common as people, yeah, is that we exist in an untethered and cavernous space between image and reality, yeah, we exist in an untethered and cavernous space between image and reality, selecting bits and pieces, yeah, of information 
to complete a picture of what we want to be real. Yeah. So if a piece yes. doesn't, and if it challenges our beliefs or what we desire to be true, we can always discard it. Yeah. Uh, what supports our 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 views and what we want to see. Yeah. While this is not a, wow. a new, this is actually not a new behavior. Yeah. Mm. It's actually not new. Uh, it's now like front and center of the world stage. All of this post-truth business. Yeah. Yeah. So truth, of, truth fiction is a fuzzy space between the both. Yeah. Um, it can really look the same, truth and fiction. So going back to George Orwell's famous phrase, you know, in the world of deceit and lies, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. Yeah. Yes. So, like, especially through digital media, we see and read is always supplemented by our imaginations, just as bricks and mortar to complete a building. Same thing, yeah. So, in order to get our individual uh, uh, frame of our own default setting, so there's a guy who who referred to. Um, I'll give you his name in a bit. He, he said, we can challenge our assumptions and beliefs through education, evidence, and experience. Uh, David Foster Wallace, that's his name. David Foster Wallace said, we can challenge our assumptions and beliefs through education, evidence, and experience. So this element okay. of responsibility and communication, especially a designer's yeah, our ability to shape... Okay. Uh, our ability to bring shape to information, clarity to an idea, and form to a fact is most important. Is the most important contribution we can build bring to a world. Wow! Wow! All of design has never been more important in our quest for understanding that design aspect of things. Yeah. So people who make their posts and do whatever and design their instant companies that design Instagram posts and they're actually really important people. They actually sway the thought process of people around the world. So that space between image and reality is in the hands of the designer. Right. The designer, not the sense wow. of the job thing, but the guy or the girl or, you know, whoever designs yeah or the picture behind everything these days you could you could say it could be the the influencer is part of that social media influencer could be yeah man yeah there's a level of responsibility man that you know uh in communication there's a level of it and i i perceive that you know at some point or another there will Mm -hmm. be a law that will come that like you have trading standards yeah that you know selling products on false pretenses would be the same for pictures and humans Mm. wow something to think about repeat that again (laughs) just to get (laughs) it just to get it that was a deep one I want you to just emphasize that again there'll be a law that will yeah. come at some point in the future. It might be 10 years, might be five years, might be 20 years, yeah? 
where yeah. probably sooner than 20 years where the like you have the trading standards law where if one sells a product that doesn't fit the description yeah and is selling on false pretenses they can be taken to court and sometimes jailed yeah yes the same will be for humans where wow. if you're selling yourself or a lifestyle or portraying a false pretense and making money from it you could be done for false pretenses trading standards that makes sense actually yeah yeah no that that actually makes sense yeah when people are giving you money for a certain thing that you're portraying um yeah no i i can see where you're going with that definitely so let's let's switch it a little bit just for a bit let's talk about makeup okay just for a little while you know obviously you know when i uh, we're not the the biggest consumers of it but <laughs> what i will say is makeup is interesting because you know what i mean is it's one of those things that if you could say is something that portrays um an outward image as opposed to the reality of how the person really looks is makeup and i'm not having to go and makeup you know what i mean like this and people use it it's all good i understand no problems like people want to be presentable absolutely I, you know we all want to do that i want to do that but um but makeup is an interesting thing it's an interesting thing because it's uh, and obviously the the whole cosmetics makeup industry is actually huge but you know when it gives off a perception of how you don't re- like cuz you don't really look like that right this is the point i'm trying to make but it's giving you a perception that you do look like that to the outward world do you know what i'm saying that's interesting because there was a there was a joke um the comedian i can't remember who it was now uh i think it might have been Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Yeah. Chris Rock. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one who said about women, about how they like they cast their men for lying, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Them, man, their heels, their makeup, their lips, their earrings, their wigs, everything. They lie every day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because this, 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 and it's not a go against women. Please don't, please don't take it in that way. It's just a tool of makeup. Is a great analogy for this. I've got a line, yeah, which says, um, "This life is like a woman embellished with makeup and cream, only to find that when it's removed, things are not what they seem." So let me add to that. Once upon a time, yeah. Mm. Respectable women didn't wear makeup. Once upon a time, yeah. Once upon a time, um, right? Okay. Uh, only painted ladies in inverted commas, yes. sex workers wore makeup. Made up eyes, lips, cheeks, and they were advertised. That's how they advertised their trade. And gradually, makeup mm. became okay. So much so that in the Second World War. Lipstick was believed to be a vital to morale. Was lipstick was believed to be vital to morale? Yeah. Um, wow. It was not like it was not rationed. Makeup was a ration during the war. It was imported across blockades, 
with other necessary supplies. So during the war, it became a normal thing because the soldiers right. were like, hubba hubba. Like, yeah, they were like motivated, you know? Um, wow. Now it's like a daily routine, isn't it? You know, it's like it's required for work, special occasions, you know, or, you know, to face the day, you know, things like that. Uh, makes you feel yeah. Better. Um, yeah, and and listen, it's obviously like you know, I'm I'm not a person who does makeup, and you know, obviously, I was gonna say I'm not a woman, but it's not just women who, who do makeup, but obviously, there a vast majority of them do. Um, and it's cool, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not an attack on that, but it's just a it's it's an interesting vibe that that you know, because like sometimes you do you know interact with people and there's a lashings of makeup do you know what i mean like loads of it as opposed to a moderate amount and um i remember just um just speaking to to someone yeah they that i heavily kind of made up on all of this and all that i understand the need to be presentable and all that yeah it's cool but there was something that you know when you were interacting with them just like yo man you know what i mean there's certain that the heart kind of was perceiving like yo there's something going on here like it's not really kind of it's not authentic do you know what i'm saying um but this is interesting as well because like during lockdown um obviously they couldn't go to like uh you know do all their hair and all of the things that they perhaps normally do so then i saw them again yeah <laughs> and there was like kind of cut down on the whole flex and I was just thinking, yeah, this is refreshing, man. It's more, I don't know, it's a bit more kind of natural with the vibes. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it just seemed like, you know, this is more human. This is more in touch with nature. Um, so th- there's just something there about the deception of an outward appearance. And things are not what they seem. Like the reality is beyond that. Uh, but like I said again, it's not a, it's not, it's not an attack on it, anything. Yo, you do your makeup, all good, man. Do you know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's a great analogy for where we're going over reality and image. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so let me give you some statistics, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, man's gonna be giving me the whole history of makeup now, boy. <laughs> 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 um, so wearing makeup. Yeah, it's now routine, right, for many people, yeah? So it's required for work, like I said, special, special occasions, just to face the day, whatever. Yeah. But um, there was a, a campaign that took place in 2015 called the Bareface Selfie, yeah? And that raised... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It raised £8 million in six days for cancer research, yeah? Wow. The, um, Alicia Keys has carried that on now, and she's refused to wear makeup, yeah? One of the... Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. Unmade up face is rare and apparently makeup even makes us look more competent and professional. Yeah, it makes women look more competent and professional, yeah. And yeah, study to, to, to back that statement up on the perception of females aged between twenty and twenty-five, right? Mm. Um, faces with and without makeup, ratings of competence increase significantly with makeup and the likability right. and trustworthiness also increased 
Mm. Although it was less significant, yeah. Um, right. So interesting. Yeah. That was done by um, Vickery and House in 2011. Yeah. So that's one so, thing. So yeah. what, what? What's that? Yeah. Just be. Just let's just chill on that point just for just for a second, yeah. because that those statistics that you just gave. See, see now that's given another kind of angle where there's a pressure to do that because then you would advance more so there, obviously there is a pressure on on people to have have uh, you know to, to to wear makeup for the workplace for the thing to have that level of presentability to have you know even what you're saying is you know higher job prospects so you've got that kind of pressure going on which society is giving rightly or wrongly many women may not even agree with makeup but they're like you know what for the sake of my own kind of thing it's going to be useful anyway carry on yep you there uh yeah hold on i'm just uh uh hold on can you hear me yeah i can hear you, I can yeah, hear you. No, sorry just yeah, my phone just went dead for a second. Yeah, go on. What were you saying, sorry? <laughs> so I was just saying, from the stats that you just said, what it's showing is that there is a societal pressure on women to wear makeup because it will increase their job prospects. They'll be seen in a certain way. Um, do you know what I mean? So there is a pressure there, rightly or wrongly, that people may not necessarily want to wear it, but because of these things that society puts, they're in a position where they kind of have to, in a way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, it's... Uh, okay, so... More, more so yeah, so check this, yeah. Um... So, right, so basically th- this whole thing of trustworthiness here is not always the case, yeah? So, mm-hmm. um, there's too much makeup sometimes, in my experience as well, can have the opposite. Of, not my experience of wearing makeup, but dealing with people with yeah, yeah. up faces, yeah? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Effect, yeah? Um, but I remember seeing, I remember seeing a, a girl once for Marriage Prospect years ago, yeah? And... Um, mm. And uh, I was introduced to the family and didn't see the girl. She came down, plenty of makeup on, and I thought, "Why? Oh, she looks pretty. You're right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just first, first, um, first glances. I re- yeah, yeah, yeah. The time I saw her, she was without makeup, and I was. Oh, oh. I actually didn't recognize her. I was still saying, "Okay, so when's so and so gonna come down?" And she was like, "I'm here." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, damn! <laughs> Clearly, I didn't marry that one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were like, oh man, and this, this is the thing, isn't it? This is the thing. This is the the thing that we're saying about the whole thing because it gives us different perception of of the reality. Yeah, it's English um, family, man. It's just, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I acknowledge the pressure that they must feel to to wear it. You know what I'm saying? To be looking a certain way. Yeah, so so, so on that point you've just made, yeah, there was a study in 2018, yeah? Regardless mm. of the participant's sex or ethnicity, makeup mm. used for social nights out had a negative effect on perceptions of women and leadership ability. Yeah? Mm. It had a negative effect on them. So, uh, and in some professions, wearing 
almost any makeup marks you as f- um, frivolous and unintelligent, dopey, bl- like in inverted commas, as they say. And I think it's offensive to say, but blonde, yeah. Um, right. Uh, uh, and and basically, and you're not taken seriously, yeah. So there are some professions require less makeup than others. Um, and, you know, most of them require you to wear more. Example is a survey that suggested average women um, uh, makeup routine took 27 steps. The makeup routine wow. took 27 steps compared to just eight, you know, 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah, so it's getting it's, it's a huge industry. Man. Yeah, so so basically, industry. most of most women wear makeup, and not wearing makeup yeah, yeah. Is abnormal. More a political I, I, statement than a fashion choice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I hardly know any of you don't wear anything at all. Yeah, yeah. So, like you know, you know, what is the right amount and how we can get it right? Who knows? Yeah, we saying women. Yeah. Um, and you know, bullying statistics. There are bullying statistics that no matter what we do, we can't do it right. Full stop. Like you can't do anything. So there's certain, you know, girls who are like age thirteen plus think that makeup makes mm. them feel more confident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and twenty-seven percent of uh, like thirteen plus women felt judged for. Wearing makeup in the first place, like they were literally like, Yeah, are you, you know, you Gucci or whatever, you know, they were called names, yeah. Um, mm. a large proportion of 13 plus girls, yeah, um, thought they looked better with makeup, it felt them made them feel more secure about themselves, yeah, clearly. But, but then, I mean, that's, that's why it's, it's so big. 12 and 20 year olds, they, they agreed in this study. The unattractive people need to make more of an effort with their appearance. Yeah. So it looks like this looks like an impossible circle to a square, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So I, I just think yeah, the, the makeup industry itself. I mean, if you look on Instagram, makeup is huge. You know, huge. The like, whole thing is all about that. Makeup influence, massive. Um, and yes. girls love it because it makes them feel secure, and there's a whole industry behind it. And you know, um, it's like it's so true. If you do not wear makeup, it's it's not you feeling comfortable. It's not you in your baggy jeans days. It's you making a political statement. Mm. That's how it's looked as like, okay, she's a radical. Someone who's not wearing even a glimmer of lipstick. Yeah, it takes courage. Yeah, it takes courage to oh, yeah. makeup now. You gotta respect Alicia Keys, and bro. Now we're entering a, an age where men are bombarded with image of makeup now. <sighs> Being honest, yeah. Do you use moisturizer yeah. on your face? Uh, I use cream. Okay. Is that the same thing? Moisturize the same thing, yeah? Um, okay, yeah, cream. Yeah, yeah, I use cream after I shower. Mate, 20 years ago, 
20, 20, 20 years ago, it seemed like a long time. It actually isn't in my head. Um, 20, 30 years ago, it was unheard of for men to do that. Unheard of. Cream? Yeah. Really? To use cream on your face was unheard of 30 years ago. Yeah. I remember in college, it wasn't even a concept then. You would never use cream on your face. Just walk out. You... So after you came out of a shower, you didn't put you any cream on because it was all dry. That's it. You took a shave and you just put after shave when you, you walked out freestyle. Yeah, we walked out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, like, I'm uh, like, you know, now you're bombarded with images on TV of men having makeup on, putting a bit of shadow on putting a lip liner, you know, lip matte lip on, um, all of that stuff. And it's like, are they bombarding the younger people with images so it's like the norm now to wear makeup? Or is it the yeah. same? Like, we were bombarded with images when we were teenagers of moisturizer, Nivea for men. Yeah? You know? Mm. Like, that was unheard of. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is that Images and reality, that image can affect the reality and the future of how things can be, how things can be, um, uh, how things can pan out in the future. That's why the designers of campaigns and, uh, you know, whatever is put out in the public have great power. Definitely, man. Definitely. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's just this uh, external image of things which are not the reality of things is really what is um, really an important point. And it's starting to, you know, the more kind of older I get, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? It's just not real, man. I want to get to the reality. I don't want to get to the... To the false, to the deception. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just like, yo, what's 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 the real, man? What's the real? So, I just think, you know, what I mean, makeup is a great analogy for that kind of thing because it, it does portray something that is not. Uh, when you look beyond the surface, it's, it's not the reality. So yeah, that's what I'm saying about that. Basically, look. Bottom line is, yeah, it's almost impossible to navigate. Yeah, which is another reason why we should try to reduce the pressure in society and tone down yes. the critique yeah um you know great um, point there's great a point. hashtag called everyday lookism yeah that seeks to end mm. body shaming because there's a lot of body shaming that happens because of the fact when you yeah. look you like oh i know a lot of girls i know a lot of girls that sounds really bad i'm saying i just come across Damn. a lot of posts of women and you hear reports and stuff of them like feeling really depressed when they look at these images of these perfect mm. women with perfect faces and eyebrows and whatever. And you know, when you take that that mask off, it's something totally different. You know, they want to end body shaming. So hashtag everyday lookism, yeah? So it, it, mm. it becomes unacceptable to make negative comments on people's appearances, including their makeup, uh, you know, then pressure will decrease. Clearly, so you know, and, and women still have to worry about, you know, uh, sorry, women still worry that you know they're not.
Yeah, sorry, we got cut off by um, our hosting platform. Um, oh, okay. I, I, yeah, so, sorry, just to carry on, it's going to carry on again. So, um, just, we'll wrap it up now, innit? So, I think it's been yeah, an hour. Um, I know. Yeah, so, I think that, like, you know, no matter what women do, they won't they won't feel they're getting it right, yeah? But, you know... Which is um, a pressure on them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the culture needs to change out there, being honest. Because it's such a, I mean, Instagram plays a massive part in in that image and reality thing. I, I don't know, no one that's not on Instagram. Uh, and wow. you know, the 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 age of people that are going on Instagram are getting older and older. Right. And they're gonna look at younger people and older people and think to themselves, I should have been like that or I was once like that and they'll depression and things like many things will come from it many mental health mm. illnesses will come from it um, so I think just the, 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 there's a culture that needs to change but it won't do as long as money is involved in and people's perception and behaviours and wants are involved in this whole scenario yeah which is probably going to be forever Not, not the most uh, optimistic statement, but you know, it's, uh... not, but you know, it's it's one of those things. I think things need to change. I think you know, reality and image has a lot to do with it. Makeup and putting on makeup—it's a norm now. It's an absolute mm. norm now. Yeah, but it wasn't. Um, you know, so. And, and you know what? It's just carrying on from that. And I think hence uh, the recent years, the explosion of tattoos. Because I've always wanted it, a tattoo. Again, the image, the image, the external kind of thing which a tattoo displays is um, we're just seeing the, the rise of the image over the, the symbolism, isn't it? Tattoos are symbolism. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got symbolism too. But it's the visual, it's the the rise of the visual. The visual has has never been as strong, in a way. Do you know what I mean? And I think the the rise of tattoos has got something to do with that too. Um, it's just we're becoming more and more visual, visually based, and do you know what I mean. Everything is is what you outwardly perceive as attractive or nice and stuff like that. Um, that's that's kind of like the king. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, we're getting we're getting in those in those kind of areas, and you know, this social media, Instagram, which is all outward portrayal, all like, look at my selfies, look at this, look at how I'm crazy, how beautiful I am, all of these kind of things. So, that's the thing, man. But is you know what? The truth is beyond the image. The truth is beyond the beyond the surface. So, hence we we got a dilemma here. Reality. Or image. So, final thoughts. What are you What are you saying? I just think culture needs to change. Um, I think that um, we shouldn't take things at face value. Mm. Um, Definitely. You no, know, behind the image, behind the makeup, behind the bravado of a man. Let's talk yep. about men here as well. Their bravado yeah, image of, of yeah. trying to invert commas be a man. Yeah. Um, I think behind all of that. 
Um, and I'll touch upon, I think another subject, we'll talk about what does it mean to be a man, yeah? Oh, um, nice, nice. Yeah, I think yeah. that's another subject we can talk about. Absolutely. Um, having that bravado and talk about fakery here, let's talk about that as well. Yeah, because uh, that's that's um, a whole image day. as well, the, the, the way someone wants you to perceive them. I mean, I just read a book about a guy who was a former Crip member, you know, Bloods and Crips. And yeah. it was all about maintaining his outward image, his, his reputation. Do you know what I'm saying? So that was what they were. They were just like, yo, man, I've got to keep my image up, man. I've got this image of like, you know, of cold-hearted crip. And you know what I'm saying? If I, you know, people will fear me with that image. Or, you know what I mean? It was, it was all there. Like you said, the bravado. Do you know what I mean? But beyond that, the reality of what he was really feeling inside his heart was different. So that's it, man. That's a good point you said. Yeah, so like, there's a there's a YouTube video um, called there's a YouTube channel called Soft White Underbelly. Yeah, mm. you gotta check these serious. He interviews people, so this is about reality and image. Yeah? yeah, so when you perceive a drunk homeless person, yeah, um, or someone who's on heroin and you see them homeless, you perceive something in your head. Yeah. But this guy, he does a three-minute interview with this person, or five, I think it's a ten-minute interview, ten minutes. Mm. Black and white image, just them and him and the camera, that's it. And they just talk about the person. Like, he just literally takes them off the streets and just talk to him about yourself. Wow. And records it, and that's it, puts it up. Really interesting, soft white underbelly. Trust me, this is the, I think, the the the... the, the the overarching moral of what we're talking about is in that channel. Interesting. Yeah. Soft white underbelly. Yeah. Um, Cause reality and image uh, have a deep chasm between the two yeah. in today's age. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people need to kind of open their eyes a bit. Um, because we can have a, we, we, I think we're set to have a generation of depressive youth. We're going to grow up not feeling very confident about themselves. Absolutely. The more you live on the surface, it's, it's just uh, the less you're really living. The more you're living outwardly, the less you're living inwardly. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I think a good, good way that I would, I would like to end it is... Um, is uh, a statement of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, who said that uh, certainly there is a piece of flesh in you that when it is good, the rest of the body is good. And that uh, that piece is the heart. And um, I'm not sure how true that may be medically, but spiritually, that is just so accurate. Like if your heart is good, then you're good. And if it's not, then you may have all the outward blessings in the world. Just go from the heart. You know I mean? If your heart is nice, man, if you feel good inside, then, then you're good. Do you know what I mean? You can cope with things, you can deal with it. But if You may have all this, you'll, you'll be like forever. The reception's going. You know what I'm saying? So... Oh, anyway. What are you saying? 
Okay. Okay, yeah, so... Okay, let's end it there. It's been quite a fruitful and enlightening conversation, I must say. Um, so, yeah. Um, join us next time. Uh, join us on our Instagram page, the Freedom Vibes podcast, uh, and our Facebook page, like our Facebook page, uh, the Freedom Vibes. Again, um, the Freedom Vibes, so at the Freedom Vibes on Facebook, at the Freedom Vibes on Instagram. And at the Freedom Vibes at uh, Twitter on tw- Twitter as well. Uh, we have a YouTube channel as well. So do join us there. Um, if you wish to uh, help us up a little bit uh, producing these uh, these these contents, um, give us at our Patreon page. Uh, that's uh, the Freedom Vibe as well. Um, so thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope to. You can join us next week and it's um, good afternoon, good evening, good day and good night for myself. And go home. Peace out. Take care of yourself.